0: welcome to another edition of the morning briefing after a tremendous weekend of sporting activity i'm jeff DeForest, along with one mike luby lubitz very happy to have you with us here on nofilter.net uh, it was a little snap back to reality for us yesterday here in south florida as the miami dolphins miami has the dolphins the greatest football team they stole that song it's probably the worst song the dolphins uh, as uh, glamorous as the franchise has been with don shula the winningest coach of all time, the great Dan Marino. You had Bob Greasy, another Hall of Famer, any number of other greats that have played here over the years. For a time, they were like the winningest franchise in all of sports in terms of percentage. Uh, that has since faded a little bit since uh, many years of going. Uh, Six and ten sounds good they weren't that bad they never really bottomed out now i was always a you know a thing uh one of the uh, cliches that surrounded the problems when people were analyzing the franchise and they said well you know what they've been mired in mediocrity which is the worst thing that you could do in sport today and there is some element of truth to that where you're almost better off i mean we're looking at a couple of baseball teams just bottoming out completely and starting from scratch and uh, in baseball the draft is less of an influence but it can be significant Clearly, the Braves and the Houston Astros, a couple of division winners this year in Major League Baseball, after three, four seasons of losing 100 games in a row, uh, now have become perennial contenders. And uh, we were always waiting for that syndrome to kind of afflict and affect the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Now, it looks like uh, they went all in a couple of years ago, and and even more so this year. Unfortunately, uh, the Jalen Ramsey deal didn't work out, and, and never was it more in evidence how desperate they should have been to have Jalen Ramsey in the lineup. Then uh, this guy, Kohu, who has been a nice story, came out of nowhere, was doing a good job in nickel packages for the Miami Dolphins. But uh, McDermott there with the Buffalo Bills, my God, just put a flaming arrow in this guy's back and said, we're going to pick on this guy. He's going to be a target all day long. So the Dolphins go down to the Buffalo Bills, 48-20 to 20 in that ballgame, and it was a little bit deflating for for different fans that thought uh, and backers that thought, wow, I mean, this team is unstoppable offensively and not bad enough defensively for anybody to go toe to toe with them. Uh, Buffalo, who people had given up for dead. Ah, you know what? That window is shrinking, Loby. <laughs> for them to have the opportunity to win, they didn't do it last year. And I tell you what, it's not looking so good. Josh Allen looked bozoic in week number one. Uh, the Bills lost to the Jets even after the Aaron Rodgers injury sparking uh, the notion that maybe they'd still be the same with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And while Wilson looked good in the game last night, the Jets fall to one and three and figured to be a non enemy, a non commodity the rest of the year. But uh, the Buffalo Bills, uh, after losing that game, they, they've been great. Uh, they're right up there with the elite of the league. So uh, I don't know that there was any great shame in, in losing that game my uh, 28 points, four touchdowns. But uh, we've seen in the NFL where, um, you know, like like you and I are, Louie, in, in all of our business ventures, we're day-to-day. The Miami Dolphins <laughs> and just about everybody else in the NFL is somewhat week-to-week, except for, and I'm starting to become a big fan. I love the Bill Belichick post-game press conferences, especially <laughs> oh, God. after a loss. Because I, I mean, I, and, and this is kind of sick, maybe a little bit macabre, but I was a big fan of the Manson parole hearings, Charles Manson. And every few years, uh, they would televise on court TV, the Manson parole hearings. I guess they got attention on uh, maybe uh, other news outlets as well. And, and it was scary because, I mean, you're watching the ramblings of an absolute psychotic serial-killing madman. Well, he wasn't a serial killer so much, but uh, just a butcher. I mean, like an evil... Human being. I mean, a guy that just reeks of the devil. And, you know, they, they went in there and you're thinking, this guy got no chance of letting this guy out. I mean, it, it's never going to happen. This man is going to die in prison, and rightfully so. And uh, he would get up there and be talking about uh, all of this uh, bizarre Timothy Leary type spaced out, uh, you know, negativity. And uh, you, you were just praying that. One of the people on the California Parole Board, which, uh, I don't know, did they not look like the burnt-out boxing judges at a Las Vegas <laughs> fight? <laughs> thought you were seeing, like, Jerry Roth and Chuck Giampa, <laughs> Dwayne Ford. Dwayne Ford scores the fight. Who's the Don King fighter? 118-110 Canelo. Uh, you know, and, and, and you were praying that one of them wouldn't fall asleep
1: yeah,
0: and, and uh, end up just, you know, uh, uh, blindly, they... Okay, this guy's been in here long enough. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be banging on the table here with this sensitive equipment. I uh, yeah, could drive yeah. the show right off the air. Uh, uh, with, with Belichick, though, it's just like that, right? Uh, yesterday, they were asking him, uh, you know, uh, why he took Mac Jones out, and uh, whether or not that uh, it was an indicator that maybe the starting position is now in question with the New England Patriots. Which I don't even know who the backup is. Brian Hoyer retired after 62 years in the league. I think he broke in with Joe Camp, Brian Hoyer. And, uh, <laughs> so they don't have him there. Always good for like maybe one drive, kind of like a Colt McCoy type, where, uh, wow, look at that, man. The cat can actually play a little bit. And then uh, the team loses 51 to seven as uh, he's unable to sustain anything uh, beyond uh, like a three and out uh, after that. But uh, Belichick, I mean, was asked about Matt Jones and, and the answer, should they not put subtitles up now in any Bill Belichick press conference A 100%. a 100%. You don't know if he's talking about Matt Jones or ordering a bagel and cream cheese, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, don't charge me too much for the locks, but I want a big thick piece. <laughs> Who knows what the hell this guy is talking about? I mean, he just goes, <laughs> like, uh, what was that, Bill? I don't know. So Luby and I now uh, somebody put us up to this and uh, when the Patriots come to Miami, we're going to uh, get credentials to the game and we're going to run into the post-game press conference. We're going to cross our fingers, which in all likelihood, you would have to think the Patriots will lose to the Miami Dolphins based on what we saw uh, even in the Dolphins getting shellacked by four touchdowns still seem vastly superior to what we witnessed with that pathetic performance by the Patriots. Uh, against the Dallas Cowboys yesterday, putting the Cowboys back on the map now as among the favorites uh, after they had a dreadful week uh, just a week ago, uh, losing to Arizona, of all teams, a uh, team that we thought was in the tank for the entire season. But uh, we've been put up to the proposition of, uh, and there's a guy down here, a local uh, reporter, and uh, he always that's the first question. Uh, he used to play for the Dolphins, Kim Bolkamp. And it's almost like he's Helen Thomas at those presidential press conferences when she was with the Associated Press. And even though she was 100 years old and practically in a casket, it was always, Helen, what do you got for the president? And she would get up. and A very distinguished woman. I I don't mean to be unflattering about her career. She was great. But, uh, you know, and she had the first question. So, so Louie and I. We're going to shove this guy, Camper out of the way, which is no uh, easy accomplishment because he was a a defensive end (laughs) linebacker for the Dolphins with the killer bees for for many, many years and and had a great career. Not not Hall of Fame, but a very good, solid career and is a massive human being. And uh, we're going to shove him out of the way and and say, Bill, and this was popular many years ago uh, when Chuck Knoll was involved and and, uh, you had uh, uh, Chuck Knox, the same thing was said about him. And it even got to the point where they were referring to Don Shula, the great Don Shula, in this capacity. And that is, Bill, has the game passed you by? (laughs) How quickly do we get thrown out of there if we pose that question? I mean, you know, and and it's a good thing to do in today's age of no filter. Where Are you better off having all the talent in the world to try and make it in this business or just better off being a guy who will ask an asshole question like Jim Gray? Oh yeah, the asshole, right? The irritant the, the guy, uh, the uh, you know that that should be literally taken away in handcuffs. Yep, is usually the guy that makes it now in this business, uh, is it not? So I mean, maybe we ought to really consider <laughs> doing this. Now, I've been in this situation before, Luby, and uh, that was many years ago. I want to say like thirty years ago. I was doing some stringing for ESPN with a friend of mine. We had a little camera crew, and obviously, uh, you know, somebody that was able to pass these questions off that they want that asked for one of their football shows. And uh, we used to get the assignments to do this uh, with various people that they wanted from South Florida. So uh, there was a lot of speculation. The Dolphins were in a particularly poor stretch, and there was a lot of speculation that that this sentiment was going to be mounting that uh, Shula uh, decides to resign and steps down because uh, guess what, Luby? The game has passed them by. Honestly, So – This was a deal where I had a good relationship with Shula, and uh, we set up a couple of chairs outside at the practice facility. It was a dump, St. Thomas uh, University here in Miami. You couldn't even imagine that a pro team was playing there, and yet here's the great distinguished all-time wins leader, Don Shula, and uh, this is where his team is practicing, almost like Clubber Lang, getting ready to fight Rocky Balboa in in some uh, deserted basement somewhere, uh, pounding away on a speed bag that's all taped up. And uh, so the first question on the list, and I'm just looking at the list of questions I'm supposed to throw at Don Shula. I'm not on camera or nothing. I'm not going to be seen in this. And the first question that the ESPN producers asked me to pose to him was Don, in your opinion, has the game passed you by? <laughs> so so what are do you doing in that spot, Louie? I, I mean, I, I don't want to ruin my relationship with Don Shula and I don't want to ask him a stupid question. And so, and yet uh, we want to get paid by ESPN. We desperately need the money, so uh, and we want to continue to have the job, so we want to do what, what it is they're asking us to do. And I'm thinking, would any of these guys from ESPN have the balls to stand in front no. of Don Shula and go, you know what, Don? <laughs> a lot of people are talking about this, but uh, it's a game passed you, by, And uh, I, I handle it by uh, immediately establishing with Shula that these were not questions that I would ever ask you. For. <laughs> we're on a paid assignment here, and we need the money. I mean, uh, and, and he actually said, uh, you can go ahead and ask the question. And if I don't like it, I'll just pull the microphone off and uh, you know walk off. And, uh, well, that won't help us. How do you how do you sugarcoat a question like that to a uh, coach? Uh, but we're not going to do that with Belichick. We're going to go right in there and fire away, and hope he gives us uh, one of those answers like. I mean, like, just start speaking in Hebrew. It would be great. All right. Uh, there was a lot of concern about the uh, American Ryder Cup team over the weekend. I was watching some of that action. I don't know if you caught that. I happen to wake up a few times in the middle of the night, as is my custom, getting up early all of these years to do uh, morning drive radio. And uh, so, you know, it's uh, not uncommon. You pop your eyes open at 2.30, and every now and then you go, fuck, there's live sports on on the East Coast here. So I tune in this Ryder Cup. We're already buried. Uh, we're down four nothing, the United States team uh, against the Europeans, uh, and now that there's a lot of scrutiny about Zach Johnson, the coach, what was he inspiring enough to get this team to play? And is it a bunch of uh, just spoiled egomaniacs that come from the United States that don't understand the concept of team spirit? Now the crowds were tremendous there, uh, and very much obviously, as you would think, living in Rome, uh, huge European bias. Uh, so you know, while the Americans had some representation there. Any tourists out there want to go to the uh, Ryder Cup? <laughs> uh, and, and I'm surprised at, at the level of uh, influence that this Ryder Cup seems to have on the players. I don't think they're faking this, right? I mean, they're, they're in tears when they win their match. And, and in tears when they lose their match, which unfortunately was the case. I mean, we saw a lot of red, white, and blue tears uh, being shed there at the Ryder Cup. But uh, can you blame the coach? I saw somebody I mean, this is, uh, golf is inclined and lends itself to nitpicking about minutia. does it not? And so uh, there was actually uh, an analysis piece that I read that questioned the pictures that the American team had up in the hotel room versus uh, the inspirational uh, pieces of art that we were hanging in the European uh, clubs. Uh, hotel rooms. And I thought, I, I don't know. When uh, John Rahm made that putt from the Vatican, Uh, You know, I mean, it rolled over the ruins of Pompeii and through Florence and Milan, all the way down to uh, Calabria. I mean, all of a sudden, uh, you know, like it was, uh, you know, rolling some garlic out uh, at at a meal. It rolls right into the cup. What are you going to do about that? I I don't know. Can uh, Johnson stop that? Zach Johnson? uh, Should we be uh, faulting the U.S. team for looking badly uh, in the uh, Ryder Cup action, which, uh, you know, was a total domination? I mean, uh, it it really did. It, It looked like. It looked like the Canelo Alvarez Charlo fight. Just a, an absolute uh, whitewashing. Uh, pure and unadulterated uh, ugliness uh, taking place there. So uh, we lose the Ryder Cup two years. It comes back to the United States. And hopefully these guys will be able to make amends. But uh, I, I don't know that you really need to call for the head of the captain of the team. It did look, uh, you know, uh, a little bit clueless, uh, a little bit detached. As is the case with this Freeman, uh, the coach of Notre Dame. Oh, my God. Does he look like he has no idea what he's going to in the game after it's over, when uh, he comes for the uh, post-game interview, comes you know, the person comes running out there, uh, usually a very attractive young woman, and says, uh, "Hey, coach, what about that second half?" And, uh, you're listening to his answers, and I, I want to like this guy, but uh, it appears that he has no idea. Did he even know that he won that game <laughs> against Duke? But, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty wild stuff. Nobody, I mean, speaking of Canelo, nobody in the heavyweights of college football yet has really taken on too much of a challenge. Uh, they, they literally are going to the same German graveyard as the Canelo people are, which uh, I don't know. I mean, the question isn't, they shouldn't even ask him after the fight, who are you going to fight next? They, they should ask, who are you guys going to dig up next, Canelo? <laughs> that would be the appropriate question. All right, uh, baseball playoffs get underway. We'll talk some more about that tomorrow. In uh, tomorrow's edition of the Morning Briefing, we do want to uh, uh, give a big hat, cheers and thumbs up to the Miami Marlins. Marlins. Who came out of nowhere. Nowhere, my friends. I mean, uh, we thought those changes before the season were purely cosmetic. And uh, the uh, changes uh, at the trade deadline turned out to be just pure gold by Kim Eng, who I would think Luby, I mean, uh, relatively obscure, the only woman in this position. Uh, in Major League Baseball, very impressive what she was able to do, and, and they juggled like a hundred pitchers this year, and uh, good job by uh, Schumacher, the manager, first year manager, getting the Marlins into the postseason. Even if they get clobbered by the Phillies and lose two straight by uh, ten runs in each ball game, uh, still it, it was uh, a good story and a continuation of the Cinderella ride of South Florida teams that we've been enjoying, and what has been a great year of sports uh, here. So many things happening. Uh, we'll get into a lot more of it tomorrow here on The Morning Briefing For Mike Luby Lubitz. We thank you so much uh, so much for uh, tuning in. I'm Jeff DeForest. Uh, we'll see you on the next edition. By the way, I, I hit the over on uh, Taylor Swift shots. I, I, I got uh, five and a half out of a Las Vegas book and uh, went it. over, and uh, it seemed like after every play, you wouldn't have known Andy Reid was at the game. It was all Taylor Swift. Too much red lipstick, Luby. Too much red lipstick. All right, uh, we'll see you next time on the next edition of The Morning Briefing.